Welcome back to Talking Troy. I'm your host, Anthony Green, Deputy Sports Editor, Daily Trojan. I'm back once again with Taylor Mills, Sports Editor. Taylor, how's it going? I'm doing well. It's April, so um, basketball season's over, but you know what? I'm happy to be in this month. March is always pretty tough. Yeah, same. Unlike last year, March for me went by very fast. I feel like it was just we were just blew through March and now we're in April and you talked about the men's season ending. We'll be recapping uh, whatever happened against Gonzaga and then obviously giving some superlatives uh, and then we'll talk about obviously the usual recaps or updates about other spring sports. Uh, but first, like you said, men's basketball, the season is over. Successful run into the Elite Eight. First appearance in the Elite Eight since 2001. Um, I wasn't even born the last time they were there. I don't know about you, March 2001, were you born? No, no, two two months, oh. dude, two months. Dang, that's actually crazy. That's some crazy perspective right there. Look at that, yeah, we weren't even born. But yeah, a successful season, uh, we'll get into that, but definitely let's talk about Gonzaga. Taylor, what do you, what do you want to say about that game? Um, I mean, I was expecting a loss. I just didn't think it would be... Uh, by over 20 points um the thing that I recall about watching it I was I think seven minutes late to the game I I was doing something and then I turned on the tv and I'm already seeing it's like 25 to 10 I'm like oh no (laughs) I kind of knew that right out the gate it was over with um which is really something that's kind of sad and um you know, I don't think anything USC could have done against this Gonzaga team. Like, four players went into double digits for points, and usually that works out for this SC team. But against an undefeated Gonzaga that just ran incredible, you know, efficient offense, our defense just looked like it was scrambling, and it just became very clear that we were not at the same level. Even though Gonzaga comes from a conference and comes from a division um, that doesn't have the same height, so, uh, you know, it wasn't unexpected. However, it still kind of hurts that it wasn't done in the way that it <laughs> it kind of played out. Yeah, it was depressing. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> you know, I, I knew the season was going to end at some point. But just the way it ended, it was sad. Obviously, you know, I didn't expect them to win. But you touched, you really touched upon it all. I mean, Gonzaga just is their OP in my mind. I think they just play like a, they just play like an NBA team. And it was, like, over within minutes. <laughs> and I was kind of late to watching the game, too. Once I turned it on, it was, like, 9-0. And I was like, all right, this is done. And it was quick. It was swift. Um, there's really not much else we could say about that, except it was supposed to happen, I guess. <laughs> Gonzaga's the... Yeah, go ahead. This Gonzaga team honestly, like, reminds me of the Villanova squads of kind of, like, the mid-2010s era. Um, just a well-oiled machine that is literally meant to make... A championship. Um, I would not be surprised if this Gonzaga team easily um, wins this tournament. And I think, you know, the Trojans have a lot to be proud of themselves for, you know, at least competing, um, at least putting up at least like 60 points. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you lose to the team that ends up winning the tournament, that's nothing to be ashamed to be ashamed of. Yeah, de- yeah, definitely. And and look, they matched the points in the second half. And obviously the game was like practically over when the second half started, but that's, I mean, that's something to brag about. I mean, I think it was like 36-36 in the second half, but I mean, what can you do? What can you say? But now we're going to focus on shift from negatives to some positive, positive. So we're going to be handing out some awards. 
Um, and these awards are for everyone except Evan Mobley because obviously Evan Mobley will win all of these awards. <laughs> and, uh, it's a newcomer of the year since there were multiple transfers. Thought, all right, you know, newcomer of the year, defensive player of the year, and the MVP. So these are all for this award is for players not named Evan Mobley. And then we'll also give our favorite moments of the season, favorite memories, whatever you want to say. It could be a game, it could be, you know, whatever. Um, but let's start off with the defensive player of the year. Taylor, go ahead. Um, because Evan Mobley could not be noted, um, even though he was an absolute blocking machine, um, I decided to pick um, Isaiah Mobley. He averaged the most rebounds for this team. Um, you know, I was disappointed in him in his offensive effort, but I will say like he is one of the scrappiest players I've ever seen on defense. Um, and I think he takes it very personally, and that's what you want under your defensive player. So that is who I had, the older Mobley brother. Yeah, yes, you know, same with me, Isaiah Mobley, you can't go wrong, um, you know, his effort on defensive, and there were many games where he was just literally, like, right behind Evan in terms of blocks, there were, I think there were, like, one or two games where he had more blocks, and just his presence, too, he, he established himself as an outstanding rebounder, and, I mean, I know that's not really defensive, but just his role in terms of contesting and block shots definitely is up there, um, I also want to do give a shout out though to uh, Isaiah White. He he became one of my favorite defenders just because of his tenacity on that end. But Isaiah Isaiah Mobley is is the one for me. Um, and then in terms of newcomer of the year, Taylor, who is your pick? Um, I don't know if I can pick him as a newcomer, but I will. Uh, I chose Isaiah White. Um, because quite honestly, I think he was the most surprising. Uh. One thing about this infield team is that he really scrapped it together from like all across the country. Um, these players came from, you know, community college to like uh, D2, D3 schools, and yet they managed to level up and compete at the D1 level. And I think White is definitely the shining role model for that. Um, he stepped up in the tournament and even in the Pac-12 um, postseason in incredible ways. So Newcomer of the year, Isaiah White, congratulations, even though he's, you know, um, he's very much a veteran. Okay, well, I just want to say I love that pick because I really grew into being a fan of Isaiah White. Like, my friends would try to try to slander him and, you know, they would say he's out of control, but I loved it. He, he was out of control, but in control at the same time, if that makes sense. And they probably wouldn't have won that game, that Oregon game, without him. And he played really well in the tournament. So I, I like that pick a lot. I'm going to go another newcomer. I'm actually going to go Drew Peterson. I fell in love with this man. Uh, you know, the second he started playing, I mean, he's, he was an outstanding offensive player all around. Just did practically everything on offense. He was a playmaker. I think there was one, I think it might have been one game where he had a, almost had a triple-double. So that was really impressive from him. And he was also a good, good defender, too. He had length. And uh, his size he was able to use really well. So I give him that, and I, and one reason why I'll give him this too is because starting the season he wasn't even he wasn't even a starter, and he kind of emerged himself as a starter, and then he had that that stretch where he was averaging like I don't know like five points or something and shooting horrible from the field, and then he he bounced back he bounced back he started being a consistent player, and that's all you really want uh, in terms of a newcomer someone who's not familiar with the system. So give him props. He's my newcomer of the year. I hope he comes back. But Drew Peterson is the man for me. Uh, and then now, most valuable player, the MVP, Taylor, 
go ahead with who you think the MVP is. I think we're probably going to have the same answer for this. Um, Taj Edi, what's up? Um, <laughs> and he's nodding his head, which means that we probably are in the same boat. Um, Taj Edi is someone who I think no one really expected to make the headlines, but became the leader that this team needed when um, both the Mobleys couldn't show up. Um, you know, he was incredibly poised. And I think he took the fact that this was his last year of college eligibility very personally. Um, and I think, you know, he took a lot of pride in the SC brand and the fact that he was chosen to come here. So um, I think, you know, that he as a player is someone I really admire and really respect for not just kind of um, fizzling out of his college career, but really making a statement. Yeah, Tajudi is the one for me. I, I really... He he's he was really he's really fun to watch, um, and he like you said he grew into someone that you know we didn't really expect to see. There were many games where he was he literally was the best player on on the team, even playing better than Evan Mobley. I mean, um, I can think of both the Oregon games. Obviously, the UCLA shot was crazy, and you know even games where he wasn't shooting well. Like I remember the the Drake game, he didn't shoot the ball well, but he still had ten assists. He still had he had one turnover, and he was outstanding on a defensive end. Just for all, you could say Isaiah Mobley could win this award, but for me, Tajidi, we knew nothing about him. He came in and he shined. He was outstanding, and he's my MVP for sure. Um, but now I actually want to go really quickly into next season, some of the recruiting stats, because I found this stat, and I'm, like, baffled by it. Um, it's actually that USC has the number one recruiting in the Pac-12, and they're actually 11 to in the entire country, which is insane. I, and some of the people, uh, the players that they got, uh, Reese Waters, the four-star shooting guard who was actually on the team early. And then uh, Malik Thomas, four-star. Uh, Harrison Hornery, another three-star power forward. And then Kobe Johnson, three-star shooting guard. So they've got, and also another hard commit. Uh, he hasn't signed yet. But KJ Allen, a power forward from, from uh, East Los Angeles College. So they've, they've got some, some great recruits coming in. And then, Obviously, uh, if, if Isaiah Moby comes back, he's he's supposed to be a junior. That'll be huge. And then Max Albonpolo, Ethan Anderson, Noel Bauman, um, Drew Peterson, if he comes back, he's a junior. Joshua Morgan, Koulibaly is another player. So those are all names that we expect to return. Um, obviously, the big names we lose, um, Evan Evan Mobley, obviously, Isaiah White, Tajiri, Chavez, Godwin. Those are four huge, huge key players that hopefully USC is able to uh, to find some common uh, I don't know contribution from the, the players that are returning that assumes that Taylor do you have any thoughts about that I'm not really surprised that we're the number one recruiting in the Pac-12 at least I think that made sense especially with such a rocky year that UCLA had um you know that was due to injuries but uh you know that kind of did hurt the brand but you know what they're they're in the final four now it's whatever um but I think what sets USC apart now for these recruits looking um, is what they have done with Big O and also with Evan Mobley in these past two years. Um, I think it's been a very impressive um, handling of such all-star talent by the infield coaching squad. Um, and I think also number two, like infield is finally, I think, getting credit for like his uh, recruiting ability um, and his team building um, ability as well. Um, I've honestly like become kind of an infield fan. I used to like not really care for him um also get a little bit intimidated by him but uh he really has done something in the past decade with this program and quite honestly like usc um might just be a basketball school just might be a basketball school guys like um let that sink in but 
a lot of people are like shocked by that but I think we have a really rich history and it makes sense for us to be in the middle of LA um, which is one of the basketball centers of high school sports um, so it really does make sense that we're attracting such talent yeah and he's finally getting his, his his cred he's getting his reputation up and one thing um we should mention for sure is that now they're getting the reputation of they can bring in those transfer students and they could be successful because it's been two seasons in a row now where they've had transfers be key players so that's an important thing to consider we forgot one thing though favorite memory let's do it real quick taylor go ahead for your favorite memory of the season um well i mean it was really cool to like transition from being a KU fan to being not only a USC student and fan, but also a USC student, um, you know, sports journalist and seeing that KU win in the way it was. So that was definitely something. And um, that gave me bragging rights for at least two weeks. So uh, appreciate that. Um, and so that's definitely my favorite moment of the season. Solid moment. I mean, you can't, you can't argue with that. Um, mine actually is the second UCLA game, just because I was at that game and it did not seem like they were gonna win, but there was just a, there was a voice in my head that was saying, "Man, they can do it. They can win." I was just I kept telling myself, "I'm like they're gonna win. They're gonna win." And when they finally did that that shot from Tajidi, I went crazy in the press box. I don't care. I did it. You know, the guy next to me from the Daily Bruin shout out, Daily Bruin. Uh, he was upset, but I didn't care. I was like, "Man, I, this is a big moment." So that's my that was my favorite moment for sure, just because the way it happened, the fact that I was there. And the whole game was just really messy. Did not expect it to happen. That is for sure my favorite moment. Um, but I digress. So, the end of the men's basketball season. We go into updates from other spring sports that are going on. Taylor, go ahead. I actually have a lot of updates for these spring sports. It's kind of crazy. Um, so, uh, you know what? I'm going to start with women's water polo. I'm going to start from going... We kind of, you know... Bittersweet, we're going to go into, you know, what is one of the most dominant programs in water polo. Um, we are still number one in women's water polo, and we are still undefeated. Um, and just today, we were recording this podcast on Friday, April 12th. Um, the squad defeated Indiana 10-8, to 8, um, which is a pretty high-scoring um, water polo game um, with a lot of late um, scoring done by both the Trojans and the Hoosiers. So um, that was definitely an exciting matchup, and um, they're really about to head into the postseason. Um, I would not be surprised if they come home with some hardware by the end of this season. Um, switching over to golf. So men's golf um, at the Goodwin, we've seen um, some incredible talent and some incredible skill from senior Kaitu um, Onoshi. Um, he has one of, had one of the best tournaments um, from his career as a Trojan. He's a senior. His final round was a 66. Um, and if you don't know anything about golf, that's that's a really great score. <laughs> um, and so um, next up is the Western Intercollegiate at Santa Cruz. Um, and that starts um, on April 12th. And then for women's golf, um, man, I'm just I'm really obsessed with this. And like, it's really cool to watch. Um, so we have this graduate player, Allison Corpus, who is just a phenomenal, um, outstanding uh, start out. And, and she is um, at the augusta national women's amateur and she just made the final cut uh, so she will be competing tomorrow um, and so really kudos to her and to that entire squad they've really done amazing this season um, and so yeah i think that's all i have for for my teams awesome yeah lots of great stuff going on we'll go to david sports at david ramirez sports at daily children to update us about baseball david please go ahead okay baseball update 
So, last time I gave an update on USC Baseball, they were 9-7. and seven. It's been a busy week. Um, I think six games have passed. They are now 12-10, and 10, so they went 3-3 three and three in those six games. Um, they currently sit third in the Pac-12. Um, they're one game back of Oregon State, who's rolling right now. I think they've won about six straight. Um, they're fighting with Cal for third right now, USC is, and they are in the midst of a three-game series with Cal. Uh, they just split the first two games. Um, the good thing is for USC right now, um, aside from the two losses to UCLA and this one loss to Cal, they're 5-1 and one in conference play, um, but, but they're not. They did lose those games to UCLA and Cal. Um, ben Ramirez, John Thomas are hitting the ball really well over the last few games. Uh, Jamal Ogwin is leading the team with 20 RBIs right now. He's just outside the top 10 in the Pac-12. Um, the Trojans are really starting to see an ace um, in Isaac Esqueda or Isaac Esqueda. Um, he's really solidifying his status as the ace on the staff. Um, he's leading the conference right now in innings pitched. He's averaging just over, just under. He's averaging just under seven innings per outing, which is really solid for a starting pitcher, especially in the Pac-12. Um, out of the five pitchers in the conference right now with more than 34 innings pitched, um, Esqueda is currently tied for the lowest ERA. He has 2.27. So there's five pitchers with 34 or more innings pitched right now. And he currently has tied for the lowest ERA out of those five pitchers in the conference. Um, he's top five in strikeouts as well. So he's really rolling right now. Um, but just another thing to note about USC, I think it's important to know. Um, there's no one, no currently, uh, no offensive players for USC are in the top 30 in the conference in batting average or hits right now. So I know there was a lot said about the pitching or defensive mistakes and letting in a lot of runs. But um, they're going to have to get the uh, the batting average up. And um, I mean, I... <laughs> I'm not really going to try to act like I know the recipe for success here, but I'm just saying it's an interesting observation. If you have no one on your team in the top 30 in hits or um, batting average, there's something to be said there. So just thought it was worth printing out. But, um, yeah, 3-3 three and three in the last six games, and um, they'll be looking to uh, win this rubber match in the three-game series against Cal. All right. Thank you, David. Much appreciated. Now I'll go into the rest of the sports um, a laundry list of updates. Uh, women's soccer, so they played Washington Washington State this weekend, and they play Stanford next. Uh, nothing's really happened since the last time we recorded. They're still 4-3-1. and one. And then beach volleyball, they're still undefeated, 12-0. and 0. They're playing uh, Florida State and LSU this weekend in a series. So they play Florida State twice, then LSU twice. It'll probably be a good matchup. Hopefully they come out victorious. And then lacrosse, uh, they beat Colorado and Oregon last week, and then they lost to Colorado. Uh, I think this yeah they lost Colorado this week and then they play Oregon again uh, this weekend so hopefully they get to bounce back. Uh, women's tennis they lost to Oregon last weekend, uh, but then they beat Arizona six to one and they play Arizona State Saturday April third. Um, now we go to women's volleyball they beat Arizona on Friday, but then their second game against Arizona was canceled due to injuries so they had insufficient players they weren't able to to go through um, and then they they beat. Uh, Colorado on Friday and then now they play again Colorado on Saturday in the series in the last game of the season so hopefully women's volleyball can end on a high note in terms of men's volleyball uh, they swept Stanford in, in both games that they played against them last weekend but then they lost to BYU and then they play BYU again um, Friday or by the time we record this and it's published that game will probably be done um, and then they will face uh, BYU again next week along with Stafford. And finally, rowing, my favorite sport. Um, they actually lost to UCLA for the first time ever last week. Um, 
which is crazy. <laughs> and then next up is going to be the uh, Las Vegas Pac-12 Women's Invitational. It's uh, April 10th to 11th that weekend. So good luck. It's actually next weekend that they do this. So good luck to rowing. That's all I have um, for the updates. Spring sports is going crazy now that basketball is over. Well, actually, football is picking up in terms of, you know, the spring ball. But we still have other sports going on. Make sure to check them all out. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter, DT underscore sports. Make sure to keep up the content, dailytrojan.com slash sports. Lots of things going on. Um, and we will catch you all next week. Thank you for listening. See you all next week.